Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Hey, James. Hey, Gary. We have Ace, myself, Ken. Uh, we have James, and we have Gary as well. Good to talk Great. to you, Ace. Great to talk all to right. you. It's an honor to have you on the show. Where, where, where are you guys? Well, actually, we're all over the world. <laughs> Me, I'm okay, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you're all network together. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for the <laughs> Internet. I'm in California, but I'm from your neighborhood, Ace. So. Where, the Bronx or Westchester? Uh, actually, the Bronx, Pelham Parkway. Oh, okay. Right on. <laughs> You've got uh, Central Kentucky here, Ace. All right, cool. Well, we want to say that on behalf of uh, all, all three of us are your fans, obviously, but we, we absolutely love what we have heard thus far. Everything sounds oh. great. Great. Well, you know, it took long enough, right? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it was worth the wait. I hope everybody feels that way once they've heard the, you know, the full CD. They will. Um, now, Anton drummed on all the tracks but one. Which one didn't he drum on? Well, actually, he, he, there's a couple he doesn't drum on. Marty Ferguson actually programmed the, the drums for Fracture Quantum. Okay, well, what we'd like to do is take each track, and you give us, like, your commentary on, like, how this came to be or things you like about the individual track. Is that Okay. Okay. Okay, we're going to start off with Foxy and Free. Uh, Ace, last night when I heard Foxy and Free, it was a great tune. Uh, very classic of you, some cool, cool, crunchy guitars. And personally, I think your voice has never sounded better. Um, what do you think of Foxy and Free? What do I think of Foxy and Free? Uh, yeah, I think it's one of the heavier tracks on, on CD. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I remember uh, earlier on, probably the beginning of 2000, the end of 2008, Rather, I had a guy mix it. You know, he called me up and he said, "He goes, Ace man, this is a great song for strippers to dance to." <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think he's right. You know, hopefully, you know, <laughs> that'll be one one of its callings. Uh, you know, but it's got a lot of edge. It was actually derived from a, an older song that I wrote and I rewrote it, and uh, I like the direction it's taken. Excellent. It's got a really nice drum beat too. Uh, how it breaks out there. It's it's yeah. also very modern sounding. The, the, the guitar part is a little reminiscent of uh, after, after I did it, I, I realized maybe somebody might compare it a little to "I Was Made for Loving You" because of the guitar part. I don't know. Ah. You see that correlation? I can hear that. Yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's strange, but after you get past that modern heavy drum tack at the beginning. It yeah. it really picks up that 1978 vibe to it, but with a modern flair. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm real happy with the way it turns out. Uh, you know, we played around with you know digital delays on the vocals and stuff, and uh, on the guitars, and uh, I think you know we got an analog sounding uh, delay, even though it was you know a digital delay. But you know, I, I strive in this whole album to make it sound a little more vintage. And maybe some of the other records that are coming out, you know, uh, at the same time. Ace, Outer Space is your first single. Yeah. And I, I, I want to ask you about the guitar solo. It's outstanding. And I love the part where it's, it sounds like it's backwards. Am I hearing that right? The whole thing's backwards. <laughs> wow. 
I actually uh, edited that in, in my hotel room on my laptop with Pro Tools. Uh, you know, I had thrown down a, a rough guitar solo and uh, just, I mean, one one day I just said to myself, you know, I used to do backwards guitar solos with Eddie Kramer and uh, I tried flipping the guitar solo and parts of it sounded really cool and parts of it didn't sound that amazing backwards. And then I realized I had three or four other performances, you know, and I ended up probably using three or four different solos backwards and piecing them together, just cutting and pasting them, you know, to actually get that final uh, guitar solo. And you know, there's a little delay on on uh, on it. You know, I think it's got an interesting flow to it. Now, is that is that kind of how some of your older solos were put together, like, or was it usually like one take, one flow? Well, you know, in, in the old days, you know, we used two-inch analog tape, you know, so uh, it was tougher to, you know, do compilations. Right. Uh, you know, with Pro Tools, it's painless. You know, you just cut and paste, you know, with a mouse. Right. Uh, but, uh, I mean, most of my solos on this album, and, you know, even from the past, it's usually the first, second, or third take. Cool. And, you know, basically we, we end up fixing any, any, any bad notes. You know, I'll punch in or, or take it from a different take. But, you know, pretty what? much, you know, the, it's, to me, it's all about the spontaneity of the guitar solo. It sounds and, spontaneous. I mean, it, it has that kind of free feeling. Well, I try to, to do that, you know. I, I mean, I remember I remember days in the studio with Kiss in the 70s, and sometimes they want to do 25 or 30 takes of the same song. And, you know, we might have got it mechanically correct, but it, it lost all spontaneity, you know. And then after listening to it over and over again, they'd say, ah, maybe we should do it fresh in the morning, you know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm a firm believer in first, second, and third takes. Right. Well, it worked. Whatever you did, it worked. Yeah. Now, Ace, yeah. you mentioned uh, Eddie Kramer. Was there a reason that you didn't work with him? Was he busy, or did something come up, or you just wanted to try to produce it yourself? I, I, well, I, I, I kind of lost touch with Eddie. I know he's been, you know, working on uh, doing some book book, book projects and, and uh, photographs, you know, for, for the past. Uh, I kind of lost touch with Eddie, and uh, yeah, I tried tracking down some other people that I worked with. I could, you know, it seemed like everybody was got lost. So uh, hmm. I ended up, I ended up out of necessity to start producing it myself and hoping that I bring somebody along later on down and it just ended up, you know, I just ended up doing it myself. You know, I mean, I produced every track except for Fox on the Run, which was done by Marty Fredrickson. Excellent. Uh, one thing I'd like to point out is the vocals on this CD are amazing. I think these are the best vocals you've ever captured. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks. You know, it might have something to do with the fact that, you know, getting back on the road and, and, and uh, Performing live, you know, probably strengthened my voice, you know, for a lot of these vocals. You know, most of the vocals were pretty, pretty painless for me. I didn't even have to, I never lost my voice in the studio or, you know, struggled with, with um, any of them, really. The next track is Pain in the Neck. When I heard this one, all I could think of was just how, how classic sounding the riff was. And the, the vocals on the verses were, were some of my favorite on the album. And the drum sound, with me being a drummer, was absolutely incredible. And the solo, you know, even going back to when you posted the video on YouTube of you playing the solo, I've always yeah. thought was incredible. So what comes to mind when you think of Pain in the Neck, and how did it come to be? 
actually, Pain in the Neck was one of the first songs I started rehearsing back in 2007, you know, when I was putting uh, CD together, uh, me, Anton, Sig, and uh, my bass player, Anthony. And uh, I actually wrote that guitar riff back in 2004, you know, uh, just sitting around, you know, just diddling with a little uh, digital recorder and a Les Paul and a small amp. And then basically it evolved into what it is today. Uh, I got Scotty, Scott Coogan singing harmony with me on the, on the courses, and he's actually doing the yodeling and stuff in, in the bridge. I really like the way it evolved. You know, I, I, I noticed something on the verses that uh, there's actually a, a, a part of the verse that actually feels a little like that humble pie song. I don't need no doctor. I don't know if anybody picked up on that. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that actually really wasn't planned. I, I kind of heard it after the fact, and sometimes that happens, probably because I was a big Humble Pie fan. <laughs> They're a great band. Yeah. Next up is your excellent cover of Fox on the Run. Uh, Ace, your covers always kick ass, whether it's New York Groove or Do Ya. What inspired you to record this song? Uh, yeah. A good friend of mine uh, who does my makeup in photo sessions, Pam uh, Oresti, she uh, she came up with that idea one day, like uh, last summer, and uh, I started throwing it around, you know, everybody to everybody I was working with, and everybody thought it was a great idea. I mentioned it to a friend of mine, and he said, you know, I, when I played that song for my wife, she actually thought that was you, Ace. Nice. You know, the sweet, the sweet version. Right. Right. So, you know, everybody everybody that I, I talked to, uh, you know, I, I asked, what do you think of this idea? And everybody kind of jumped on and said, yeah, that would be a good song for you to do. We hear you doing it. And, yeah, when I, I introduced it to Freddie, uh, Marty Ferguson, we were out in L.A., uh, you know, we were, had already 13 or 14 songs in the can, and this was an afterthought. But, you know, me and Marty just, like, went into the studio one day, and four and a half hours later, we pretty much had the track. He, he programmed all the drums, played bass, did the harmonies, and you know, I played all the guitar parts and uh, lead vocals. I'm really glad this is on the record. You know, um, it seems like in the hard rock world, the word pop is like a dirty word, and I, I don't agree with that. I think that some of the coolest rock is, is really pop music that's just turned up to 10, and this is like a, a yeah. great pop song, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm always happy with the way it turned out. You know, I, I tracked the guitar solo, you know, that first day, and then I didn't see to it back at the hotel, and I, I rewrote the second half of it. Uh, I'm real happy with the solo. You know, it's not the most intricate solo I've ever done, but I like, the, you know, the melody of it and the way it flows. You know, I think it lends itself to the song. It's great. Uh, Ace, uh, is, is there any chance of getting this to be the second single? I, I think that's the game plan. Now, I can't say for sure. I mean, originally this was going to be the first single. And, you know, my good friend Eddie, my good friend Eddie Trump said, hey, she can't put out a, somebody else's song as the first single. <laughs> but it, it, you, you, you did a damn good job on it, Ace. And, uh, frankly, it's kind of like a dream come true because I've always heard you sing that song. As messed up as that sounds. So it's like a dream come true. The next track is Genghis Khan. Uh, this this song to me really shows that you're continuing to grow as an artist. Uh, this track is an instrumental. And there's times that I hear like a Van Halen type vibe stomp to it uh, between you and Anton. 
and it's just right. an excellent vibe to it. Um, how did this track come to be, and what can you say about it? I, I you know, I wrote that track on on an acoustic, uh, and I'm using a little weird weird tuning. I actually tuned the E string, the first string, up to a G. That's how you get that kind of dissonant uh, chord that I'm using, playing on the verses. And this is actually was the most. This this, this track had over a hundred tracks in Pro Tools. Wow. You know, I had all sorts wow. of samples and uh, you know layered guitar parts, and you know I, I I ended up you know not using a lot of the guitar parts I recorded, you know. But sometimes you know it's good to do you know over record something and then pick and choose in the mixing process because you end up just choosing the best and, and not using the stuff that you know maybe is a little redundant or you know. Uh, not as exciting performance, and you know, I don't know. You guys heard the track? I guess the version first. What's that? Sorry. Have you heard the whole song from beginning to end? No, we heard. We just heard. Um, I guess about two minutes of each song. Yeah, I mean, the song really goes to a different place. You know, it breaks down to an acoustic part, and then it builds back up again. And I. Last minute, I decided to throw on a Wawa solo, but I Excellent. guess you're going to wait, wait for the, the CD release for that. Awesome. Yeah. I love the thunder effects on that song, too. Yeah, the, uh, I was just sitting around with uh, my engineer one day, and we started, you know, pulling uh, sound effects off the Internet and cutting and pasting them, and uh, yeah, that's where we got the thunder and the bells and the wind. Very cool. Um, you mentioned... The uh, using the internet and the computer. How how has that changed things as far as recording in the studio? And now I guess the studio is portable. Well, it can be. You know, I have a full blown studio in, in New York, but you know, <clears throat> tools you can run on a, on a Mac laptop, and you know, it became really handy and expedited. You know, the finishing of the record by allowing me to work when I was on the road. What, you know, working working with the Pro Tools has a lot of flexibility. What it lacks is that studio environment, you know, with, with big drums and, you know. You know every, but, you know, everything in life is a trade-off. You know, you, you get amazing editing features and, and interesting plugins and so on and so forth. But, you know, somehow you, you got to put it all together. And, you know, luckily, you know, I got, you know, two great guys to mix the record, and I was real thrilled with the end result. Very yeah, good. Yeah, we were too. Um, well, one of the things you have to worry about, like with Pro Tools, is losing the humanity of it. And from everything we've heard thus far, you, you've definitely straddled that line and made it work. Absolutely. One of one of the one of the biggest complaints I hear from from engineers, at least, uh, a lot of the new records that people are mixing, you know, they, it's over compressed. I made sure that the album breathed, you know, had some, you know, headroom. You know, because, you know, my engineer put on a couple of recent mixes of, of some heavy rock groups, and he goes, look, the meters aren't moving. <laughs> right. He said the songs have to have air, you know? Yeah, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next track is Too Many Faces, and I'm going to tell you, lyrically, this seems like new territory for you. I also like how the solo kind of bubble ups or erupts from this track, and it to me it has a rubber soul 
kind of vibe, and that's a huge compliment. Uh, you know, there's a lyric I want to quote: uh, "Too many faces in the mirror. They're always looking, looking back at me. I see the faces every day. I can't decide which is really me, or someone else I see." Um, amazing insight, and and it's just there's there's a lot of. Uh, introspection on this track and it's something i've never really heard from an ace fraley song before and i i think it's i, I think your fans are going to be really really impressed plus the solo uh, kicks all kinds of ass <laughs> the, the solo i actually did in four parts you know i uh, <laughs> I, I, did, I did one solo from beginning to end but i couldn't get it right so uh I kept doing the first section, the second, you know, the second quarter, the third quarter, and, and the last part, because I, you know, I, I wrote that solo, but for some reason I couldn't play it perfect from beginning to end, so we have to like take it in steps. But I'm real thrilled with the way, you know, that's one of my favorite guitar solos on the record. Mine too. Really, yeah. it, it is very strong, and 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 again, the lyrics. Do you have any comments on the lyrics? Well, I, I, you know, some of them, I, I mean, obviously some of that, those lyrics probably stem from, you know, working with Kiss and, and looking, at, looking at yourself in the makeup and then looking at yourself without the makeup and looking at the other guys in the makeup. And, you know, I guess it's just, you know, something that just came out, you know, when I was writing that song. But I, I didn't really think too much about what the words meant as to just letting it flow, you know. It worked. And the next track is also like that, too. I, I feel like uh, Change the World also has a kind of introspective vibe. What can you say about that song? Uh, you know, that, that was a song that came really came together in rehearsals, uh, especially, uh, you know, that, that when I'm doing that upstroke uh, section coming out of the bridge, you know, Anton picked up on that, and I, I love, you know, the drum track he played to the song. I'm real thrilled with the bridge. You know, that kind of came out of nowhere where we'd kind of drop down everything and then I came up with those harmonies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was another song kind of like Genghis Khan that evolved over many months of recording and, you know, overdubbing. And, you know, it just, you know, it, it ended up, you know, being, I think, one of the, you know, premier tracks. You know, I used guitar synthesizer on the... Uh, on the track, you know, coming out of the bridge. And, uh, you know, it's just got, you know, a lot of different facets that, you know, maybe I've never fully explored in the past. Absolutely. It's a, it's a really nice surprise, and I, I look forward to hearing the whole thing over and over again. It's great. Nice. Next up is Space Bear. Yeah, there's a really great groove that you and Anton get into this. It's a really heavy track. What can you tell us about it? You know, that, that pretty much is... Is, is not far, very far off from the basic, you know, guitar, bass, and drum track, you know, with, with some guitar overdubs and a guitar solo. Now, originally that song was written for a TV pilot, you know, and it was originally called Skelves. A buddy of mine is a TV producer, and he, and he did a pilot for a police show, you know, a cop show, and he kind of got picked up by a network. Wow. But I had, I had written, you know, the verse in the chorus for, for the pilot, and uh, it never went anywhere, so I had this snippet laying around. It was only two minutes long, and then I kind of developed it, you know, I added the solo section and uh, then added that crazy ending section, which just came out of nowhere, inspired by Led Zeppelin. 
Yeah, and it really has that feel to it. And and you can hear like um that staggered bottom type uh where he's not hitting on the main beat but just following it a little bit. Yeah. And it kicks ass. It's also that way in a little bit a little below the angels. Uh, the same kind of that that great Anton feel that he has, that great way of drumming. Well, you know, Anton has 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 he has a great, amazing feel where he plays a little behind the beat, kind of like John Bonham did the Led Zeppelin. You know, you never get the feeling like the song's being rushed. It's always, you know, being held back by the drums, and it's got that, and it swings. A lot of drummers miss that. A Little Bully Angels is uh, probably, honestly, my favorite song on the record. And it's it's very kind of untypical of what we're used to hearing from Ace Frehley, and that's kind of part of the charm. It opens you up to a new artistic world. Well, I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's kind of autobiographical. I struggle with alcohol. But, yeah, I actually rewrote that song three times. Originally, I mean, there was drums from beginning to end, you know, it was, there was electric guitars from beginning to end, and uh, the verses were actually different chord, different chord figure. And I rewrote it and actually brought it back to where I originally had wrote it originally on an acoustic. And uh, I'm real happy with the way it turned out. You know, it's nice the way it builds and then, it, you know, it breaks down again, you know, after the uh, bridge. It's gorgeous. It's like James said, it's it's really atypical. It's it's like nothing else we've heard from you. I got. I actually, uh, I, my buddy came over with his daughter and a couple of her friends and they sang on the chorus. And one one of the one of the girls actually, you know, did that talking part, which came out really cute. And you know, after the fact, I listened to it and I said, you know, that'd be great if I got my daughter Monique to do it. And she came up to visit me, and I threw her voice on it. So that's actually my daughter talking. Very cool. Very, very cool. Next track is Sister. Yeah, you know that song is a long time coming, and I remember hearing it live back in the '90s. Ace, was this an easy song to nail, having lived with it for so long? Uh, it actually wasn't that easy, you know. I actually recorded that with Anton, and, and he did a great track of it, but it actually wasn't the track that I thought captured the energy that the original drummer, you know, uh, Steve Budgie Warner. Uh, I actually worked worked on that originally with him, and uh, so I, get, I gave my, my touring drummer, Scott, Scott Coogan, a crack at it, uh, and I thought he did a great job. A lot of energy. Okay, the next track is "It's a Great Life." Uh, this is a big favorite of mine off this CD. It's it's got a mellow, almost dance-like vibe. And I'll be honest with you, Ace. The first the first few seconds I heard of it, uh, I, I thought it was the return of Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but but it, uh, it 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 has a really cool message, and I love how you talk about your father. And just lyrically, where this song is coming from is very powerful, and I think it's a good message for everybody. How did this song come about? Well, I originally just wrote the chord structure, uh, and the B section was actually from a different song, and. Uh, it, it, that song developed over, you know, two or three years, and then I added the vocals and the melody later on. I mean, originally I was going to do talking over the verses, uh, but not kind of what I'm doing now. It was, it was going to be more, uh, almost like Euro trash talk. It sounded too, uh, it, it sounded too prefab. So uh, you know, when I came up with the with the chorus idea, you know, which was the same my dad used to use. You know, he used to go, hey, it's a great life if you don't weaken. 
and I never forgot that. And, uh, you know, it's always stayed with me. And so I, when I wrote the courses with that line, uh, then I came back and rewrote the verses, you know, to, to maybe say a little more than what I initially had intended. I, I, I have a question about your vocals. Are you more confident as a vocalist now? Because there seems to be a real strength to your vocals and a real um, power that you never seemed to have before. I mean, it may have something to do with sobriety, you know. I'm coming up on three years, and, you know, maybe it's because I'm healthier and more confident uh, as a guitar player and a singer and a songwriter. So I'm probably more at ease, and I don't feel any pressure or I don't feel I have to live up to anything. So, uh, you know, I just, you know, built it out. By the way, congrats on the uh, sobriety. Oh, thank you. We're all pulling for you, and uh, we need you. So just, right. just you know, keep it together, man. <laughs> Doing my best one day at a time. That's, right that's all anybody can do. Um, and, and, and to me, that song kind of addresses that. Uh, our next track is another one in the Fractured series, Fractured Quantum. Well, Fractured Mirror, first off, is absolutely my favorite song from your 78 solo record. And probably my favorite song from any of the 78 solo record. Uh-huh. You know, I think it's just beautiful. And I was very happy to hear that you were going to do, I guess, a fourth one in that series. Um, it definitely fits in with the others. Um, what came about when you wrote this? You know, how did it come together? And what do you think of it as compared to the other Fractured songs? Uh, you know, again, Fractured Quantum was something that evolved. I mean, I, I wanted to do, you know, the fourth song in, in the Fractured series. But I, I had three different versions of it. And, you know, I, I kept rewriting it and, and changing parts and... Up until, you know, a month before mixing, you know, I still wasn't sure what the final version was going to be. And, you know, just sitting around editing and, uh, you know, changing things around and flipping things and trying different beat sections and C sections for the song. You know, I ended up with that. I, yeah, I basically used the same effect I used on the first Fractured Mirror, where I used the double neck. And I'm playing the figure on one neck, but it's actually using the, the pickups from the other neck. So you're basically just getting the resonance of the box of the amp. Is it a Gibson double neck? Yeah. Like one of those, yeah. like with an, like the SG body, basically? Yeah, yes. I used the double neck that I used on tour, on the reunion tour. It was probably the only Cherry Sunburst ever made by Gibson. Now, the Very last track is an iTunes exclusive. Are, are there going to be any more other exclusives, like maybe one for Best Buy, one for Japan, one for, you know, or is, is this the only exclusive track? Uh, right now we're negotiating with Japan, and they wanted, you know, one or two exclusive tracks. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I, you know, there'll probably be one or two more for some kind of special thing. Ace, all you need to do is just re-record these uh, singing in Japanese. <laughs> you know how, like, the Beatles record it in German? Did you ever hear any of those days? Yeah, I have. So, like, you could, like, do a couple tracks just in Japanese. I mean, hell, I'd buy it just for that alone. <laughs> yeah. I'd need an interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> do it one line at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, this track, The Return of Space Bear, I'm definitely going to be getting the iTunes exclusive just for this. I'm going to tell you, oh, yeah. it's dedicated to Tom Schneider, and it's you recreating some of the classic quotes from that amazing kick-ass interview. How did you come up with this idea? Well, I, I was sitting around with my assistant, Frank Muniz, and we originally were going to 
do uh, some kind of silly thing where uh, I'm being chased by aliens <laughs> and, you know, have, like, police cars and, and spaceship sounds and, you know, and that was an interesting concept. But, you know, I, I had used a lot of those special effects on outer space. So I said, you know, that's not going to work. And then, you know, Frank came up with the idea of, of you know, using some, you know, some lines from, the, the, you know, that funny interview. And, you know, it worked out great. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's kind of in the tradition of acorn is spinning, like the kind of sense of humor that we love. Yeah, well, you know, I, I didn't realize that, you know, that that on YouTube, you know, had is one of the most hit kiss sites ever. I don't know, a, a million or two hits on it or something. Oh, yeah. There's nothing else like it. It's the greatest interview ever. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I have friends of mine that aren't Kiss fans that we watch that interview and just totally laugh our asses off the whole time we're watching it. When I was when I was very young, there were two songs that did it for me. One of them was Day Tripper by the Beatles, and another one was Parasite. And that was you. And, you know, as much as I love George Harrison, I never, like, bought a George Harrison Les Paul signature model. You know what I'm saying? Was yeah. there a 45 or a song that grabbed a hold of you like like that that made you want to play, like, one song that just grabbed you? Uh, yeah, my generation by The Who was a song that always, you know, did it for me. Excellent track. Well, thank you very much, yeah. uh, Ace. Uh, we just want to tell you we love you. We, we just we just hope things keep going great. And you're a, you're definitely an inspiration to us all. We're going to put links up to try to get people to buy this CD, and we're going to push this like crazy. And anytime you ever want to promote anything, or just give us a call, do so. We are at your disposal. Oh well, thanks so much, guys. It's a pleasure talking to all of you, and you guys all have a great day. You all too, right. Ace. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Ace. Okay. God right, bless. Bye-bye. People try to put us to death. Talking about my generation. Just because we get around. Talking about my generation. Things they do look awful. Talking about my generation. All right. Do you want to feel good? Yeah. 
That's our show. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to check out the other episodes on our website. If you have anything to say, any questions, comments, uh, suggestions for the show, make sure to drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. A big thanks to our friends at mykisslife.net. Also, we would like to thank uh, Julian and all the folks over at kissfaq.com for all their information and input on the show. A huge shout-out to our buddy Ken for all that he does, the artwork, the interviews, and all the contributions. Ken, it wouldn't be a podcast without you. And be sure to check out Ken's site, which is called kissfansite.com. And for all your official news and updates, please make sure to check out kissonline.com. From there, you can also find links to uh, all these solo band member websites. Uh, Most of them have pretty extensive websites, so make sure to check them out. Uh, If you have a podcast or if you have a website related to KISS, please send us a letter and let us know. We'll be happy to uh, post a link on our website. And as always, a big thanks goes out to Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulik, Eric Singer, Tommy Fair, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are KISS. And we are your army. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night, folks. It's like I told you.